<laughs> right. Go Jeff. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I don't think they heard you. Let's say that shit one more time. Thank you for listening to Go Jeff Yourself. Today we are talking about Blink-182 and their new song Edging and the return of Tom DeLonge. My name is Jeff and the first time I saw Blink-182 was September 3rd, 2001. A great start to an otherwise uneventful month. (laughs) My name is Dante and just yesterday I heard two college-aged women talk about Blink-182 as their favorite retro band and I died completely on the inside. Dude, somebody online posted this, and it made me really sad just because, like, death is coming soon. They were, I think, it it, it was very simple. It just said, like, pop punk is the new dad rock, and I died inside because it's accurate. I still listen to to pop punk uh, nostalgically and also because I like a lot of it. And I'm a dad, and I'm almost 40, and (laughs) I... Mark Hoppus is 50. I Googled that the other day. Mark he's Hoppus 50 is, years old. He looks 50. Like, I, we, I watched yeah. that video and I was like, goodness gracious, these guys look fucking old as shit. Yep, and the other two are 46. Matt Skiba, I think, is like 47. And just for funsies, um, I looked up Scott Rayner, and he's 44. He's only seven years older than us. Goodness gracious. And he, and he, he fucking had... Had videos on MTV 25 years ago. Like, that dude was so young, I didn't realize how much younger he was than both of them. And they are, like, and even though he has not been a part of Blink 182 since Dude Ranch, he is still so much more successful than us, despite being only seven (laughs) years older. (laughs) Well, dude, dude, Mark Hoppus is 50. It's 2022. Blink-182 started in, like, 1992. He was 30 years old when he started Blink, singing about high school. He was... Wait a second. No. He was 20 years old. If this started in 1992, that's 30 years ago. Dante, I can do math really well. I'm so good at doing math. So, he was 20 years old when he started... Okay, well, you're you're still not in high school when you're 20, so my point still is <laughs> true. Oh, Jesus Good thing Christ. I can edit that out, mm-hmm. but I won't. No, you won't. Yeah, dude. So I saw I saw Blink at Radio 104 Fest. Oh, Jesus which Christ. Is, which is funny. Um, oh, that's and, so good. Yeah, in 2001, it was like a couple weeks before my 16th birthday, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, dude. So I bought one. T- I go to shows a lot still. By myself, to this day, by myself. Um, I didn't have a driver's license yet, because I was 15. Mm-hmm. It was in Hartford, which is, you know, it it might as well have been fucking a seven-hour flight away when you're 15 years old. Ain't that the um, truth. <laughs> so I, I didn't have any friends going. I didn't have anyone going. And I was like, my mom wouldn't drive me for whatever. I forgot why my mom wouldn't or couldn't drive me. Because um, So I asked my... Uh, she wasn't that bad back then she was bad she had just started getting bad into god <laughs> it's funny because like parents are like the bad thing the devil's gonna get you and kids are like the bad thing god and jesus are gonna get you um so i told my dad i was like dad can you drive me to hartford and he was like he he didn't care he was like yeah but i can't pick you up like it's gonna be late i have to wake up super early to go out of state i forgot the reason and i was like that's okay i'm meeting my friend there 
He was not meeting his friend there, the narrator said. <laughs> I was just like, if I get to Hartford, I'll either stay there or one of my parents will come and get me. Like, they're not going to just leave me. So I didn't care. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to meet my friend there. So I go there. No clue about how I'm getting back. I watched all the bands, Dante. I watched The Used. The used I watched band. Sugar Cult. Wow. I the, watched Some 41. I watched Saliva. <laughs> Yeah, I watched uh, All American Rejects, I believe. Oh, wow. Did I say Sugar Cube or Sugar Cult? I don't I know. Think you said sugar sugar cult, cult is what I want. Okay. I, then I was thinking about a Sugar Cube, like I'm a horse inside. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there and I'm and I'm having a blast. I'm like, dude, I'm going to like Blink 182. They were at their peak mm-hmm. then. That's like right when Take Off Your Pants and Jacket came out. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious, this is a lovely time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I ran into my cousin and I, she was like, I'll drive you home. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Cause I actually did. I mean, I ran into like some other friends. Cause if you're in high school in 2000, you're at a blink 182 show. It was the law. You had to go or else you were thrown into prison. It's, it's absolutely oh. true. I, that's, that's why we didn't talk in high school because I was too busy being in prison <laughs> from not going to blink 182 yeah. shows. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually did run into a couple friends, and they were like, sorry, I can't drive you home, like, uh, the car is full or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to die here. Um, <laughs> and then my, my cousin drove me home, and we we got food on the way back, and I was like, this is cool. Um, that is but yeah, so fortuitous. So yeah, I, I asked you if you wanted to record a quick episode on this, because it's kind of breaking news at, this week anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't remember if you were into Blink, but I was like, we're the same age. Yes, you're into Blink-182. Obviously, just, I'm into like Blink-182. Said, it's the law. But like you just alluded to, we did not talk for most of high school. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, during, yeah. Because I'm a for brown guy and very, I was in prison. So. Yeah, for very funny reasons, but not as funny as uh, the fake child prison that we just invented right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, what... What is your history with Blink? Because like you, you responded with like, yeah, I kind of liked them. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, like I was, I mean, I was way more into them back in high school. Um, I really was. Um, yeah, yeah, I got into them around the same time that everybody got into them when Enema of the State uh, was released, and you know, what's my age again was the top video on Total Request Live hosted by Carson Daly, <laughs> because that dates me a lot. Um, you know, and then I went back and I listened to all the old stuff. I listened to Buddha. I listened to uh, to Dude Ranch. I still listen to Dude Ranch to this day. Um, I haven't listened to it in a Same. long time because it's my it's my breakup album. So like, whenever uh, a relationship ends, it's just like Dude Ranch on repeat all fucking day. Um, take off your pants and jacket was a yeah because <laughs> it's your breakup album because it starts with pathetic <laughs> like you. you... <laughs> wow. <laughs> And then it, it follows what happens after a breakup. You're pathetic, and then you start spying on them through their windows. It's true. <laughs> and, and then eventually you just end up naked at night, bent over. Uh, you know, it's yeah. It makes total sense. Then, I understand. And then dick lips. You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you got some nice dick lips, Doc. Yes, <laughs> that's the name of the song on the album. And at the end of it, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, damn it! Like that's that's how that's how most breakups end. Just like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, but yeah, like I was really into them back in high school, uh, in college, and I kind of fell off the wagon once they did their self-titled album because mm-hmm. uh, that self-titled album, like I've tried listening to it 
I don't know how many times I have given it like its second, third, fourth, fifth try, and I'm yeah, just like, yeah. this is absolute garbage. There's one good song on there, and my favorite song on there is the Fallen Interlude, which I used as a bed on one of my previous podcasts. Oh yeah, it's yeah. just it's so fucking dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I I enjoy that one. <laughs> I, for, um, I forgot that that was uh, I forgot that that was the Blink One Eighty Two song. Um, yeah, because isn't Fallen the one where the chorus is just like down, 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 no, I think down, that, I, down, down. I think that song is actually just called Down. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's that's where I put my thumbs when I listen to it. <laughs> no, yeah, the uh, yeah, the only good song is um, the uh, the I Miss You song. The uh, you know, we can be like Jack oh, and Sally I hate if we want that song. I, mean, I, I loathe that song. I mean, you're entitled to loathe it. I like. Th- I think it's pretty good, but like the rest of the album is just garbage. And then you know that they broke off and they did their stupid Splinter projects. You know, like uh, whatever the hell their other stupid bands were called, Angels and Airwaves and Plus Forty Something. I don't know. Plus Forty Four. Yeah. Plus Forty Four. Funny, funny story about Angels and Airwaves. Um, behind the scenes, not really behind the scenes. But um, for Go Jeff Yourself, we're planning on continuing Record Roundtable like we did on Talk Me Into. Oh, cool. Jess is like super gung-ho about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got Adam to agree to it. And with Talk Me Into, we we surprise people on recording. Like, here's what we're going to talk about. Let's go and listen to them. But we don't split recording up here because it's easier. So we gave each other all the albums. And we all we all like very similar music. Mm-hmm. So they gave me a couple choices. Uh, you know, we all agreed like, okay, we like this. We don't like that. Or we haven't heard this before, or we hate this. So we were all looking for, we haven't heard this before records. So Adam gave out a few options. We just picked on, we decided one. Jess gave out a few options. We decided one. I gave out a few options. Um, one of them was uh, Nicholas shoulders. Who's like this, uh, modern bluegrass outlaw country kind of dude that my barber told me about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of them is Beirut, which is like folksy new Americana kind of music. And the other one, because I've been getting into it lately is angels and airwaves, <laughs> their latest gracious. album, because I never listened to angels and airwaves, but I picked it because I was like, I actually like this new album. And also it's funny because I'm going to have, I'm going to make Adam listen to angels and airwaves which I know he will not like, okay. which is kind of the antithesis of record roundtables because we're supposed to pick things we think the other people will like. But I honestly do think there are some good songs in there, and I want him to... I want to be able to defend it against him. But, oh, no, yeah, no, we'll I mean, ta- I'll talk more about Angels and Airwaves later. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but, hey, I'm Adam, with you Adam's on that. I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to Angels and Airwaves until the year of our Lord 2021. Oh. So I'm with you on that. Well, there we go. Yeah, I mean, and so did you listen to that other album that they... um that they released like because tom came this is the second time that tom's come back uh, yeah so okay here's here's my super brief history with blink 182 it aligns with yours quite a lot Mm -hmm. actually on talk me into we did a whole episode on the first 10 years of blink 182 Mm -hmm. for a reason it was the first 10 years because that's what i like so my full like love of blink 182 is in that episode very briefly saw them on loveline um when dude ranch came out uh on mtv which was kind of a very funny concept uh, for like a 13 year old to be watching this sex talk show. Um, but I was like, Oh cool. And they played a music video. They played Josie. And I was like, this is the hardest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, before that, it, the hardest shit I ever heard was basket case by green day. Oh, and then wow. Josie comes out. It's like, um, so I was like, these guys are 
cool. And then I didn't really listen to them anymore. Cause like I didn't have access to them. And then when what's my age again came out, me and my brother illegally joined the Columbia record club, which is a pyramid <laughs> scheme. And uh, later on, I learned that Columbia just sent it to everybody. Cause they would figure that like, if we send it to kids or whatever, a percentage of people will actually send us money back, which is kind of funny. So, um, so I got dude ranch, um, enema of the state on that. And they sent me to collections and my mom was like, Oh no, your credit is ruined forever. And I'm like, mom, we're kids. They can't come after us. Ha ha ha. We screwed the system. And I was correct. <laughs> so mean, yeah, that's, that's I've been story, super- actually. <laughs> Oh, it was great. So I was just always listening to them and I was, I was basic. You know, I, I, I went on blink 182.com cause they would post these little like video real player updates of them recording, take off your pants and jacket. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I was on Napster downloading fucking bootleg shows because they would do like alternate lyrics and damn it during the breakdown. They would like sing different pop songs like No Scrubs. Oh, yep. And yep. It, I was like, how do they do this? These guys are musical geniuses. And then I realized they weren't musical geniuses. Um, no, they just but yeah, it was just to, super uh, fun. Yeah, they just happened to hit the cultural zeitgeist yeah. at exactly the right time. And it's funny because we joke about listening to them in high school, but the self-title came out. After I graduated high school, it came out in the following fall after high school mm-hmm. and I found out it came out and I wasn't really following it. And I'm like, oh yeah, it came out today. Let me go to the mall. So I went to the mall. Uh, I picked it up. I, I think I bought it with like quarters cause I didn't have money. I had a bunch of quarters. So, <laughs> so, so I got the CD and I had heard feeling this and I was like, I'm not really doing what the title says I should be doing to this song. Um, which is kind of funny because in retrospect, listening back, I was like, this does kind of just sound like classic Blink and it's actually a decent song. It's probably the best on the album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did not like where they went musically at the time because I was like, punk rock or nothing. And, you know, not realizing that fucking organs were in, damn it. Like, there's a lot of stuff in music that I didn't notice when I was younger. And listening now, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, there actually are two guitarists. I thought it was just one. Because mm-hmm. like, when they play live, there's a guitarist behind the curtain just like playing the rhythm or the lead or whatever. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, Green Day does it, but they have their guy on stage. They're a little less hidden about it. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, so then there was like that huge gap when they took off and they came back with Neighbors or Neighborhoods. Yeah, Neighborhoods. And, and that one was also just, it was weird. Like, uh, it I, was, I, I it was they, even more more experimental yeah which you mentioned you mentioned plus 44 you mentioned angel and airwaves plus 44 to me it went more like emo poppy Mm -hmm. and angels and airwaves i didn't know what the fuck he was doing i was like i just don't like this to me this is like dream theater because i don't know it just seems theatrical Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make any sense i've since listened to more of it and i i fuck with it now Mm -hmm. um not like super hard but there's some good songs in angels and airwaves but also, at that time, like, you know, Travis is a drummer. Yeah. He was in a side project with um, Tim Armstrong from Rancid called Transplants. It was like a punk rock hip, hip hop fusion band. Oh. And like that first album I fucked with hard and it like wasn't punk, but it was it was a fun album. And Tom came out with Boxcar Racer, oh, yeah, which was which was I mean, at the time, I didn't know about fucking progressive hardcore or post hardcore. Mm-hmm. And that's that was like him trying to do that mm-hmm. uh, to varying levels of success. Like I feel so, I think is a fucking great song. Um, you know, and there's some other good songs and there's a lot of bad songs too, but like that was him saying, this is the music I want to make, but 
I'm in like this pop punk band that makes a fuck ton of money and I'm going to keep putting this shit out because they'll play this on the radio and they're not going to play. I feel so on a pop station. They'll just play it on like an alternate rock station. And to me, if it was, if they weren't beholden to the labels, I think that's more of where blink would have went in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with Angels and Airwaves as his main project for so long, when they came back with Neighborhoods, it almost felt to me like Blink was either just a cash grab or that then became the experimental output because he's already making the music he wants to make. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't follow it as closely as you did, but yeah, it, it read to me as just like a casual music fan as just like a weird experimental concept album that they're just like, oh yeah, like we're like, you know, we're coming back and we're, like we're bringing out new music and I was like this isn't the music that I grew up with though this isn't the music that I associate with Blink-182 and like like right. if if they had been constantly releasing albums uh over the last X and that years, was how it that's how they progress and it kind of is if if you listen to self-titled and then neighborhoods mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's like a the trajectory isn't just like a slope, but it's in the same direction. Kind of, they're still getting experimental. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not opposed to musicians growing and using more stuff, but yeah, like you said, they've got popular playing these pop punk songs that were mostly juvenile. I mean, they did touch on some serious topics like divorce and aliens. Yeah. So that would <laughs> and suicide a couple of times. Yeah, you know, this serious things like suicide and shitting in adult diapers on the bus. That's Blink-182. They're, yeah, they're like, um, they're a not as punk no effects, which I think is kind of what they always wanted to be. Because they did cover Longest Line on their Fly Swatter EP, and it was trash garbage. Um, but but yeah, that, that's where I think they went with that. And they did actually release, I found out, only a couple years ago, they released an EP called dog eat dog. And it's a lot better than neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more of how I think they would have progressed had they stayed together. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, and that's, th- and that's, I think that's why neighborhoods and self-titled just flopped so hard for me is because like they, they were, they were out and then they were back in and then they released this experimental stuff. Like if they had been releasing all those albums and just like it had naturally progressed that way, I think I would have, I think it wouldn't have been so jarring, but you know, like we've been talking right. for and fucking 20 minutes about old Blink-182. Do you want to talk about the new shit? Well, yeah, I do want to talk about the new shit, but you can't get to the new shit without talking about the last 10 years. So I don't know. I, I obviously you're not, you haven't been into them the last 10 years as I haven't really been either, mm-hmm. but in 2016, I think, um, or 2015, mm-hmm. they were like, Blink's going back on tour, but Tom's not with them. Because for some reason in my head, Tom is like just this hermit, right? He just like disappeared. I know he's doing stuff with the government and aliens and all that shit. Yeah. I've recently listened to some interviews with him and I was like, he seems like the same exact Tom. Um, in my head, he just kind of went fucking crazy and had a tinfoil hat. Yeah. Um, and they were they announced they're playing some shows with Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio. Dante, are you familiar with this gentleman? I, I am familiar with him in that I went to see Blink-182 on this tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Alkaline Trio never got super into them. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy them. When I hear them, I'm like, that's a pretty good song. So I was actually intrigued because Matt Skiba showed up on some H2O songs, and I just know him from listening to punk music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's kind of cool that he's going to be filling in. And they're like, we're going to release an album too. And I was like, all right. So then they came out with California, yeah. and they released some songs. It was fine. Yeah. I think that... 
it was kind of what I would call, it would be like the bridge between take off your pants and jacket and self-titled. Right. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they kind of went back there, but it still kind of just felt like a blink tribute band. Cause Matt Skiba didn't particularly add anything interesting. It just felt like he was doing a Tom impression vocally, not like a caricature, but mm-hmm. he was trying to be the, the higher pitch voice and his guitar playing. It just sounded like he was, he was writing a blink 182 song. It didn't sound, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting from it. Some of the, it was hit or miss. Half the album was good. Half was trash. Then they come out with this, um, deluxe edition that's literally twice as long mm-hmm. and some of those songs were better than the other and it kind of feels like they could have made one album that was like this pop punk album and then another album that's a different style of pop punk it's just weird it, it feels like they recorded two separate albums and picked them and mixed them together when they didn't have to no i didn't um, i never listened to the uh to the deluxe one i just uh i just listened to california and uh yeah it was um it was forgettable it, like because i honestly forgot that it existed until you just yeah, said it right now it's better than neighborhoods uh, oh, i will yeah. say that yeah i remember um, it, like, it was fine but like it didn't create the impression and i think what right. you said about matt skiba um it it uh it really felt um it really felt like it validated all of the experiences that I had when I went to go see them on tour when I was listening to that album, but I'd never been able to like kind of put my finger on exactly how I was feeling. But uh, what you said about him just doing a Tom impression that uh, that really resonates. Um, and it- yeah. Cause I mean, it is, it is dumb, but a lot of the charm of Blink-182 is Mark and Tom's interactions with each other. You know, if they were just a band that went on stage and didn't talk Mm -hmm. and they just played songs and they didn't like joke around and, you know, if they weren't silly in the music videos, then I don't, I don't know. I think they would still be successful because music at its core is the music you're listening to. Mm -hmm. But I think that it, they created something more than just music that we all latched onto. Yeah, they were, uh, yeah, they were they were an act they were friends and they were like they were funny uh, and that's yeah even even the 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 shit i hate like i miss you is i would say their biggest hit uh you know financially uh, probably, <laughs> uh yeah yeah and and even that is like it's not funny it is more serious there's no real heart in it um which if you watch the music videos of blink with matt skiba it's the same thing. They just seem like any generic band. Yeah. Um, and then they came out with another album a couple of years ago called nine. And dude, if you have not heard that, do yourself a favor and fucking don't ever. It is garbage. I have, I, I didn't even realize that they were, um, that they released another album after California. I thought this was their first thing since California. No. So what I think nine was, was it wasn't, they, it, it wasn't the pop punk that they did 25 years ago. I think that they were trying to be relevant and cater to pop punk now. Cause I didn't fucking know that pop punk was like getting bigger, but it's very different. It's almost like, um, pop punk and emo went on this like SoundCloud experiment and they kind of got like uh, tainted. I say tainted cause I'm not a fan of it, mm-hmm. but by mumble rap. And it's this weird fusion that I can't even name you one artist. I mean, other than like Machine Gun Kelly, who is like just absolute fucking garbage. Um, (laughs) That's probably the most successful version of it. But 
I noticed that. And then I watched some, some video online, some like uh, music YouTube channel, and they did a really good job of actually explaining it. And I was like, Holy fuck, this is exactly what I thought it was, but this guy's actually putting it into words better. Yeah. It, it was just like the evolution of pop punk and where it is now. So I think nine was them trying to not be the old guys and not be the classic pop punk band. And okay. it was, it was pretty fucking critically panned. Like it, it's a trash album. Wow. Okay. Well, I will just never listen to it then. <laughs> you have, uh, right. you have absolutely um, told me. Yeah. Yeah. You've told me exactly <laughs> everything that I need to know about this. Let, let, so, so, okay. You were skipping over Matt Skiba. We got to that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, earlier this week, it was announced that Papa Tom is back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Papa Tom is back. And I, I was just like, Oh, cool. This again great i wish i wish that somebody sent me the teaser video without showing me what they just blindfolded me and they showed it to me because i think my reaction would have been like whoa cool my reaction was well somebody that i worked with posted it on facebook like tom DeLong's black and blink and i was like oh that's pretty cool um and but but the teaser video was funny It, it was just like a generic commercial. It's like, we're coming. They're coming. I'm so glad they're coming. And I was like, wordplay's funny. And then it pans over to the three of them um, with a new song playing in the background. And I was like, ah, oh, it's a pretty cool announcement. I thought it was fun. It was classic blink humor. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. Absolutely. It was classic blink humor. It, it had that, um, it had that, that feel like that feel that, uh, that you get like when Mark and Tom are like getting along and they're interacting with each other. Like you can tell that, like you can tell that they've got they've got some of that like classic lightning in a bottle energy that they've got, right? And over the last year or so, I don't know if you've been watching, you know, following Blink News, but Mark Hoppus had pretty bad cancer that he fought uh, successfully. I um, did not know that. Yeah, uh, so he's totally clean of it, clear of it now. But you know, there was a while when he was not good, um, and that's when him and Tom uh, really reconnected. Uh, they've said in interviews, like they got a lot closer because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's always, it's always like death, you know, Travis, Travis is in a cl- uh, plane crash. Mark has almost terminal cancer. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and now we have blink 182 again mm-hmm. for the um, second time for however so, long this lasts. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, man, Matt Skiba is fucking crying in a closet right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't know what it's cause it's, it's funny that obviously I'm sure it was like, all right, Matt, you're back in the band, but the second Tom comes back, you're out. We cool. And he's probably like, yeah, sure, dude. I'm an alkaline trio. That's my shit. Anyway, mm-hmm. thanks for all the money that you guys gave me over the last few years with these tours. But like he did write two albums with them and he was in the band for like six or seven Year. years. Yeah. Like that's, that's, a that was the entirety of the first length of Blink's success Jeez. that he was in the band. <laughs> and all of a sudden everybody's like, yeah, Blink 182 is back. And Matt Skiba's like, we were always here <laughs> <laughs> whispering in your ear in the background. No, but yeah. Um, I mean, and I think it, I think it just kind of goes to show you like just how important, uh, just how important Mark and Tom are to like, to the success of the band. You know, it's, you know, it's the, it's the reason. Which is crazy because. I mean, I agree with you. And Travis is a great drummer. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. But like, it's crazy that Travis is one of the most famous ones now. Like, he's married to a Kardashian is the reason why, probably. I mean, he was famous before. Yeah. But it is funny how like he doesn't talk much yet. He's still like has the superstar power. Um. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because he 
because because uh, his brand is built on his skill as a drummer and his like and his silence. Like I mean, he yeah, because yeah. He, he's, he did come out with a he did come out with a hip hop album that was oh, really? mostly bad. Dude, there's one song on there with fucking Busta Rhymes and Twista that is insanely good. Okay. Um, it it's so fucking good. I'll have to send it to you. All right. Uh, it's great. Uh, all right, um, fantastic. I will. I will absolutely listen to it. But so good. blank. They they come out. This comes out. This news comes out like Wednesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. right? Or and they're like new song coming Friday. And I was like, oh, cool. And like Tom posted something like just recorded the best album of our lives. And I was like, don't fucking believe that. But OK, nope, sure. Absolutely. I'll listen to it. Uh, and the the song is named after edging. Now, Dante, how much experience do you have with the masturbatorial practice of edging? Um, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> That's exactly what I, I guess was it doesn't it doesn't have to be masturbatorial. It can be with uh, other consenting adults as well no absolutely um, uh but yeah um, because like like sting they're getting tantric <laughs> um and as soon as it came out with th- that title i was like i'm a f- i'm a fucking perv so this is funny to me mm-hmm. and i heard some other people like one other guy or something he was like i wonder how many people will get this and i was like dude it's blank it's obviously going to be fucking disgusting like they're playing to and- their base like yeah, yeah, and they even released a YouTube short. I ju- they released like six in the last day, mm-hmm. um, and I just watched them all briefly, which was funny. And Tom was like, "Yeah, we're pervs. It's about you know getting off." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the, I, mean, I, I, I read the lyrics. Like they, they've never been subtle. No, I, I they, yeah, this is the song that, like we said, talks about suicide and committing bestiality and having incestuous uh, activities. Cause it's, it's funny as I've gotten older, that stuff is still like, it's not hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still kind of funny, but it's, it's so fucking cringy. <laughs> it's so cringy, dude. I mean, I mean, I kind of like the song. It's a toe tapper. They all are like, I yeah. mean, yeah. Like even like I said, the, the, when they changed the lyrics and damn it, mm-hmm. it's like the, the lyric that's like, um, the sad look on your face. And one of them I downloaded in like yeah. 1999 from Napster. They mm-hmm. say your dad's come on your face. And I still sing yeah. that 23 it's... fucking years later. All right. Yeah. That's pretty cringe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> still... whatever. And they're all about boobies. Boobies are great. I yeah. love boobies. You love boobies. We all love boobies. I mean, most yeah. people have boobies. And for better or for worse, like that's just kind of become their brand. Yeah. You know, like... it, it's, it's definitely a balance. Um, but what did you think about the song? Uh, it's good. I enjoyed it. Like if, um, like if you had blindfolded me and just played the music video, I would have been like, Oh, okay, cool. This sounds like it sounds like a Blink-182 song, but I, I, I wouldn't have actually believed that it was Blink-182 unless like I didn't see it with my own eyes. Yeah. uh, I heard it. And I was like, I was like, for for this big return, right? Mm-hmm. They announced they're returning. They announced they're going on tour. They put tickets on sale. And Dante, right before recording, you were looking where they were going to be. Yeah. I immediately was like, I have no interest. Uh, like, bands like this, seeing them in stadiums, first of all, they sound like horse shit. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it's just, I don't really like seeing stadium shows. Um, and, and I just don't go to things anymore. Um, but, dude, tickets mm-hmm. <laughs> are like fucking... 
$200 for nosebleeds up to like $600. Look it up. If you're interested in going, if, if they haven't sold out already. Yeah, dude, I have a friend who lives in LA and tickets sold out. So he bought them for San Fran, which is quite a drive from LA. Yeah. And I don't even fucking know how much money he spent on them. And that's just whatever. I'm I'm not going to say they're sellouts. They've always been like a, a pop band, but Dan and I, um, my, my friend, Dan, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we go to see Bruce together. Um, he's been going with his dad and his uncle for years. I started tagging on. I've seen Bruce four times now. Nice. And, and he's going on tour again next year. And a lot of people are like, dude, he's going to be 73, 74 years old. His, his band is pretty old. This might be like the last big Bruce mm-hmm. E street tour. Cause he hasn't been on tour with the E street band since like 2000. 16 i want to say because he did the whole stint on broadway which i saw both of those tours and they were fucking great um yeah so he goes online to buy tickets and he's like what's your cap and i was like absolute maximum like don't go any higher 200 dollars. there's no way it'll get to 200 like 150 is probably a lot too but i'll I'll pay 150 for this experience Mm -hmm. and he's texting me at work he's calling me and i was like i can't talk i'm at work and he's like i gotta talk to you so I, I, on my lunch, I go out and I call him. I was like, what's going on? He's like, I can't find tickets for less than $300. Uh, I'm like, this is crazy. No fucking way. That can't be true. And apparently Ticketmaster, they have this new algorithm that sees how many people are trying to get seats at the time and they adjust the prices live. So they fuck you as hard as they possibly can. Okay. Live and other artists have been like, no, we're not doing that. We're just not going to use you if you do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I forgot who. And so they have to run it by the artist. And apparently Bruce is like, I don't care. Let's get money from our kids. I'm going to die soon. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So like, dude, people online are pissed. Every single post that he's come out with in the last few months, he has a new album coming out next month. People still shit on him. They're like, Oh, how much is this going to cost? A thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. So like, yeah, dude, it's, it's so fucking ridiculously expensive. And like, they're building on that hype. So my whole point is, this huge fucking hype machine. I would have expected them to come out with an absolute fucking ripper. They were in no rush. Nobody was expecting this. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like, we have to get this out by October 12th, 2022, Marty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll change the fabric of space and time. And then they come out with this song. And I was like, it's okay. It's kind of catchy. I was humming it today. I listened to it a lot in preparation for this. If we weren't doing this episode, I probably listened to it a couple times. It's fine. Oh yeah, um, like it's good. It's a toe tapper. Like it's fine. And then I, and then I was thinking, like, Blink One Eighty Two is one hundred percent Tom, because that time he was off, all the songs they made mm-hmm. didn't have that. I, it's like I think that he wrote. I mean, I know Mark writes songs, but how much does he fucking write? Because it's not like Mark is this crazy good bass player. Like no. he's adequate. You know, he's he's better than me, but I could play probably fucking 95% of the songs he's played. And I haven't picked up a bass in like four years. Um, it's not like he's a great, crazy musician. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as you hear this, you're like, this just sounds like Tom, but also I've been listening to angels and airwaves a lot lately. Cause mm-hmm. I'm starting to like them a lot. Yeah. And it's not like a complete fucking clone of one of their songs called, um, call to arms. Yeah. But, it sounds a fucking lot like an Angel and Airwaves song from the mid to late 2000s. Jesus. So I'm like, dude, this is just this is just Tom DeLong. 
And his la- the last Angels and Airwaves album, it wasn't as like this grand opus mm. as I thought it was. It was there's some electric shit in there, but there's some songs that are just pop punk, and it just sounds this sounds more like an Angels and Airwaves song than a Blink song. So in my head, this whole time, like take off your pants and jacket, mm-hmm. Boxcar Racer come out the same year. Yep, it's that progression to Angels and Airwaves to this Blink. It's mm-hmm. all fucking Tom, dude. Every okay. this song, I guarantee you, this next album is. They're just like, Tom, write this album. And I'm sure he just like fucking farted on his guitar and came out with these songs. Like, I'm not saying I'm on the level of Blink-182, but there was a while in the 2000s when I was in a lot of bands. I was in a high school band. As soon as we broke up, I joined another band with some older dudes who were in some bands before me. And that became my band, Browntown. And I was like, oh, I'm writing. Like, I would write these songs, add these little shitty, shitty solos. I played guitar in the band. And I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. And then I joined a joke band called Elvish Presley. Uh, Adam was in it. Dan was in it. Some friends. We we. It was about D and was like, I don't play D and D, but let's just play shitty punk songs. Oh, I thought. I thought and, that you were. Um, <laughs> I thought that you were riffing off of uh, Elvish Impersonator from Unglued. Kind of. It was more like Elvis Presley, but it was about. I, I'm sure it's a very common joke. I didn't come up with the title, mm-hmm. but I was like, yeah, that's like Elvish Impersonators. So yeah. So in that band, I was like, well, I'm just gonna use this fucking song I was writing because I started listening to more hardcore at the time. Mm-hmm. And Browntown was kind of fizzling. And I was like, I'm just going to use this Browntown song. Fuck it. So I, we came up with a song called Negative 10 about you're just dying for real. Mm-hmm. And we, I'm, I'm playing this breakdown. It's like, dun, 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 dun. and then I'm just noodling on the guitar and the other guys are there. And we just, I was like, whatever I play right now is going to be the song. And I played something and it sounded pretty good. And we just riffed on that for five minutes and came up with the hardest song I ever wrote in my entire life. And that just feels like what blink is doing right now. Tom's like, oh, okay, dude, I got to write a blank song. Okay. And then he just sat down and just went He's like, that's the song it's done. And they recorded an album. I mean, I don't know how long they've been recording the album for, because it's obviously been in secret, but they got a whole fucking album come out, dude. He probably wrote it in like 10 fucking minutes. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And the song's called edging. It's a, it's a fucking wordplay about, you know, waiting a long time to come. So your orgasm is more intense. And I read the lyrics and I don't know what the fuck the song's about, dude. I have no fucking idea. I was singing along to the fucking song. It came out a day ago. I'm singing along to it. I'm like, I'm like fucking humming along to the octave chords. And I don't know what the goddamn song's about. <laughs> that is uh that's this generally my experience with Blink-182 like that uh that when this new stuff has come out I just like sing along and I'm just like oh yeah this is a fun song it's a bop I like it and I don't really understand what it's about until like 10 years later when I listen to it, like oh shit I should not have been singing that when I was 15 years old um but yeah I mean, like, oh like, you shouldn't have been like singing it. about fucking a dog in the ass dante when you were 15 <laughs> i want to fuck a dog in the ass okay i i knew what that song was about because they were they were <laughs> they were out about that one um, and i mean i have happy holidays you bastard on a christmas playlist so sometimes i forget that and when i'm like playing it i'm like oh i gotta i gotta skip this because mm-hmm. i'll never talk to you again unless your dad will suck me off real good <laughs> lyrics blink 182 and he shit 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 his pants he's always fucking shit in his pants <laughs> I forgot about all these songs. It, th- this is how engaged I've been with Blink-182 over the last 10 years. Yeah. It's so funny, dude. When I was, there was like two or three years when I was going to a youth group, mm-hmm. um, which is funny. It comes up a lot because I wasn't, you know, super abused by the church. I think anybody who goes to church that long is some sort of mentally abused. So I'm not going to claim that I was like, you know, 
I escaped something that was bringing me down. But it was very funny because uh, my uncle was a youth pastor uh, before he died. And he's like, oh, Blink-182, because I was wearing the shirts. He's like, uh, what's that band about? And I was like, oh, they're, they're a band. They're a like, band. what do they sing about? And I was like, oh, they sing about girls in like, you know, high school. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'll listen to him sometime. I was like, you don't have to. Nope. You don't have to listen to them. Please don't. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's so funny. God, I love that. But uh, I mean, and so- it's, what's even better, dude, what's even fucking funnier yeah. is because they were so big and so ingrained in culture. Mm-hmm. When I would go to like Christian music festivals, like uh, there was one called Creation in Pennsylvania. It was oh, this huge Jesus. like fucking yearly Woodstock festival that they would put on. I feel so and there was the fringe stage they called it. Well, there was, I saw some good bands mm-hmm. and what, one of the bands, Reliant K I saw there a few times. I still listen to Reliant K. They've thankfully like MXPX have transitioned away from that. Like I saw five iron frenzy there. There's some good bands. Yeah. Um, but it was so funny seeing these like blink One Eighty Two ripoff bands. Right. Mm-hmm. And they want to sound like, them, and they're on stage. And like you're hearing this stuff where you could hear Tom saying like he's in a tree jerking off to a girl and if his dad catches him he's gonna put his foot in his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but hearing lyrics about like God he's so great yeah Jesus he saves yeah I just came up with those lyrics right now but it's <laughs> funny that was very funny because I'm like this is bad. It's I'm 15 and I know this shit is that bad. Sounds terrible. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. So it. funny in retrospect, but I mean, like I said, some of the bands actually like even fucking like Stretch Armstrong is a well-known hardcore band. They were Christian at one point. Oh really? Um, Five Iron Frenzy, yeah. Five Iron Frenzy is my favorite Christian band lyrically because they they were Christian. And they're accepted by like the Christian community, but they're like shitting on how bad religion is. Also, like their their songs about like manifest destiny and shit. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Yeah, like said one cowboy to another, wouldn't it be nice if we took these engines and converted them to Christ? And I was like, this is my shit still in 2022. That's but anyway. Wow. I didn't think that we were going to be talking about Christian bands today, but all right. Yeah. We went off. We went off. That's it. This this episode's about one song, and it's 45 minutes long. Yep. So I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, and... Just to circle back, I looked back at the uh, at the ticket prices for Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. It is five hundred and fifty bucks for nosebleeds. That's so bad. I am not okay. Going. So I I've seen them twice. I saw them in two thousand one, which I mentioned, yep. and a year later in two thousand two uh, with Green Day at the Pop Disaster Tour, mm-hmm. and they were. I mean, to me at fifteen, I was like, "This is fucking great," but like, they're not a great band live. You know, no, they're fine live. Like, yeah, they're they're fine if they're playing in like if they're playing uh, if they're playing in like you know a local venue like College Street Music Hall or in New York City like Terminal Five. I would love to see them at one of those venues. That's the kind of place they should be. I mean, obviously they're more popular than that. They can yeah. draw these prices and these crowds. But yeah, they're going to sound like absolute fucking dog shit in any stadium, any arena, and I don't know. I, I just don't care. I mean. I will probably stream the album on Spotify when it comes out, and I'll just be like, "Yep, that yeah, was an album I, you know, that I listened I'll to," probably, and then I'll leave. I picked, I picked up California on vinyl. I'll probably pick up the new one. I skipped nine because it's trash. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's Blink One Eighty Two. That's edging. Sounds awesome! Yay! Duh, it we, sounds okay, Dante. I mean, it doesn't. All right. I mean, the 
the fact that we did this episode on uh, on a three minute song for forty five minutes is uh, is pretty awesome. Not I mean, like the song, yeah. it's all right. I'm just like, eh, we could have just we could have just started with the song, but we had to give our history. This is what people want to hear, Dante. They this want to is. hear me, and they want to hear you. It is. They want to hear the personalities that that we are. Absolutely. That's that is what. Okay, so. Tells me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate it. I'm sure Dante does too. Um, if you want to hear more of me and see more of me, check out So Discussions on YouTube. Uh, subscribe and like every single video we've ever done. We've done over 50 videos, Dante. I know. I have watched every single one ne- of them. Next month is... Oh, thank you so much. You never give me any feedback. I'm kidding. I hope you like them. Like the videos. <laughs> it helps with the algorithm. It doesn't cost you anything, nope, Dante. Nope. I do. I, I like. I subscribe. I hit the bell on everything. I watch them the oh, day they come oh, out. Oh, Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, it's, great. it's me my, and my friend Dan. Yeah, my favorite episode is the one where you puked on camera. Oh, my God. My biggest regret is running away. <laughs> I knew it was coming, and I'm so glad the microphones picked up some of it, and Jimmy fucking boosted the audio so you can hear me throw up. Oh, um, that was hilarious. He did put the sensor over it. I wish he didn't put the sensor, but I thought it was still funny. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was violent. It was... <laughs> The top of his stairs, like the top two steps, I started puking. I managed to catch some of it in my hands, oh. throw up in his trash can, but it also splattered all on his trash can on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then running to his sink, it was spraying on the floor, and I threw up in his kitchen sink. He was mad at me for not running to his bathroom through his living room. I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I'm going <laughs> to clean this. He walked up in disgust. I was like, I feel so bad. I'm going to clean all this up. So I cleaned everything up. You know, I sanitized everything. And he was like, we can't do anymore. We had one more episode to record that day. I was like, I was like, I could probably push through. And he's like, I'm repulsed. I can't do this. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Just, just don't drink a fucking half can of, um, evaporated milk after being sick for a week. Nope. Everybody. Nope. That sounds, uh, sounds like a terrible and idea. Not only that, not only did I drink, I drank it after recording six fucking episodes. I probably drank 20 sodas. Leading up to that. Oh, God, you, you must have been ridiculously <laughs> sick. I felt, afterwards, I felt great. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm kind of ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel great. But, yeah, I felt a lot better after that puke. Nice. Uh, yeah, so check that out. I made it a GIF. I, I made, I'm, I'm trying to use every reaction GIF of me or Dan from So Discussions. Love it. So check that out. And you can check me out on social media. All that shit is in the show notes. You can check out Dante on social media. If he'll allow it, I'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, Dante, what are you tweeting about these days? Uh, I'm, I'm mostly retweeting social justice stuff. So if you love yes! Trump, then don't follow me. Sorry. That's pretty much <laughs> right. it. Or... Or do it and learn. Become a better person. You don't have to be the baddie. You decided to be the baddie. Or if you didn't decide to be the baddie and it was ingrained on you and it's all you know, you could become not the baddie. Yeah. It's you, a redemption arc. Yeah. If you, we love to see that. If you really think that all lives matter, then we can go ahead and, ha- and have a talk and uh, you know actually like you know, enjoy the lives of everybody who's not a, uh, a white MAGA loyalist. Yes, and you know what, Dante? All lives do matter, and that's why black lives matter. Exactly. And that's why fuck all lives matter. Fuck all lives matter because all lives matter. You dumb fuck that missed the point. Nobody's replacing you. It's true. Nobody. Not me, not Dante, not the Jews. And if you think that all lives matter, you can go Jeff yourself. (laughs) And go fuck yourself. Not politely. Just go fuck yourself. (laughs) Love it. That's a great.
right into the episode. Yeah, hit record. Okay, I hit record. Record. I'm recording as well. We'll do the clap thing. Okay. Three, two, one. Cool. All right. Adam, Adam is so bad at that. It's fucking comical at how bad he is at clapping in time. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, I put it in. I put it in outtakes because it was just, he like one time he clapped on the one. Uh, it was just really, really funny. That's amazing. So with him, I have to clap twice and then pick which one is best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Very good.